Welcome back, Rage Nation. Definitely not PR friends. Myself, Pete. He needs to stop, like, fucking getting cute with these kicks. John the Mountain Man Stokes. You're not putting them on my models, motherfucker. Chris the non-tech Asian. Put the tape measure up and get some wages. You, yeah, no, you really frustrated me. You walked away and you came back and your scalpel had been thrown across the room. <laughs> I'm just here so I don't get fined. I will will share with you my one rage quit story. Dude, I'm a robot and I don't have a solo across now eight. This is going to be a really great opportunity for everybody to see how you effed up. All right, welcome back, Rage Nation. We got another episode for you today. We got Pete here again and we got Chris and Dixon. And whenever we have Chris and Dixon... We're, of course, going to be talking some Malifo. So hopefully you guys are doing okay, buckled up, because I tell you what, I think the Rage Quit Wire has been rubbing off on the Malifo community, guys. I think that there has been a rumbling in the underworld of Malifo, and these spoders are pissing people off. So I hope you guys are ready to talk about it. Absolutely. <laughs> eh. well and it's funny because so what we're actually going to be talking about is we're looking at nexus and the cadmus keyword so the reason i wanted to talk about this was because i think i was on a weird place on facebook and there was uh just a post there that had like 160 responses about this and i was like all right so this needs to be talked about and there was a lot of salt there so of course we're going to talk about it but before we get there if you are always feeling salty, make sure that you guys are supporting us. Uh, you can do that by looking at our YouTube channel. We actually have a new battle report coming out this month where it's going to be definitely a, a shootout between Apex and whatever Seamus is, Red Chapel. And also posted a video up. We got some boxes and a book from Weird. They sent us some cool product to review. Uh, it's the Wonderlust box from the Explorer Society. Uh, we have the rank and file, which is the guild guard box. And then we also got through the breach, the new book from nightmares, which is all cool fluff and how to play with Neverborn nonsense. So if you want to win that, check out the video we posted on the rage quit wire YouTube channel. It'll tell you how you can enter to win. I'm going to pick that on Thursday. So make sure that you put a comment in before Thursday, because I'm going to, I'm going to draw and uh, see who wins each box or the book. So, just want to shout that out. If you want to support us directly, make sure that you guys check us out on Patreon at patreon.com slash ragequitwire. So with all that out of the way, Nexus is something that I've been hearing a lot of people bitching about. And generally, fluff-wise, this is kind of an interesting, different crew that you wouldn't expect to see in Malifaux because it's kind of like this weird spider kind of like hiding and kind of listening and gathering information in the Malifaux world. So it's kind of very interesting looking at it with everything going on with Nexus. There's a lot of salt. So I don't know if you guys want to kind of get us started off with, okay, what does this crew do? And that'll probably lead us into why people are getting so pissed off about it. So much damage mitigation, man. Oh my God. So much damage mitigation. I I guess you could call it that. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, you're still taking all the damage, and you guys are referring to the We Are Legion rule on the cards where basically they have the ability to, if you take damage, you can go ahead and siphon one of those off to uh, a friendly model within four, a friendly Cadmus model within four. So that's what you guys are talking about with all the damage mitigation so on, right? 
Absolutely. Chris, what did you not like most about that? Because we played a game and we got a feel for how this crew works. So what did you not like about that kind of We Are Legion mechanic? I did not like the fact that uh, you could do two irreducible damage if you put multiple parasite tokens on. That's just sick. It's just stupid. And whenever I damage you with even multiple blasts, you can just siphon out one point of damage to my models that you already have parasite tokens on. I mean, it's just it just seems silly. Yeah, because once you get a parasite token on an enemy model, basically they are now treated as a friendly Cadmus model because it's like they're infecting them, which is a cool idea. But then you start splashing damage onto models. And I mean, turn two, Chris, I mean, I think I killed two models with just damage you were doing to me as well. Yes, exactly. So you you almost want to take damage with a lot of those pieces. Plus, the other kind of gross part about that We Are Legion rule is you can also heal... So if I heal, I can instead heal a model that's four inches away, which we'll talk about the list that I think is going around. When we talk about net listing not being a thing in Malifaux, I think this is a pretty popular list that it's like, this is a good Cadmus list. It was so, absolutely a good Cadmus list. So Dixon, what about you? What do you think about the We Are Legion rule? So I, I just, oh my God, it's going to be a lot of hate. hate, um, hate. I just think it's a bad incorporeal before you put it on a friend on a enemy model, when you put it on an enemy model, it becomes a different type of incorporeal. That's that's just my take. It kind of reminds me of um, what's the outcast, the girl that rides the teddy bear, Lena re- Webster. Yeah, kind of reminds me a little bit about her. Uh, yeah, no, I, I think actually her version of giving it out to other friendly uh, enforcer and above models is incredibly powerful. Yeah, but um, the uh, yeah the version that I see with Weird Legion, I mean, you have to work really hard to put in the parasite tokens. Although, what you said about putting the second parasite token, doing two irreducible, that's when it starts getting gross. Yeah, it starts getting really gross, and it's not yeah. hard to put out parasite tokens. The shambling nests do it on their just melee, simple melee attack. I mean, it's a stat four. It's not the most accurate thing in the world. Yeah, I mean, but I'll, I mean, with the shambling nest, I, I honestly didn't have too hard of a time putting. I mean, some models you will, granted, but I think I mean you get enough attacks on a model. It's just that I was actually looking at the shambling nest. This is actually, I think the the totems because you have two of these shambling nests, which I think it's kind of ridiculous that you have two of them because they're pretty good, but just the fact that they're they're hard to wound, okay? They're they are slow, but you can deploy them up the field, which is always good. Uh, they have two inch reach. They put out the parasite token instead of doing damage, which is going to be two damage once you have more than one on them or one, and you put more on them. Uh, they can heal themselves, and then their swarm of mites is one that I was really starting to use, where they take two, and they do one to everybody within two inches around them. But then it's going to ping you for another one when you pass it off to them once they have a parasite token on them. So it just it's kind of like this little splash damage. It's almost like black blood, but it, oh, yeah. you can control it more. Oh yeah. No, it's really good because it's two damage that you cannot dodge on a yeah. totem. And the totem the okay, so I do agree that there's a couple of things on Catmus that are really good. But, like, I wouldn't say that We Are Legion is, like, the big issue. At least not in my opinion. 
I don't think We Are Legion becomes a big issue until we talk about the list that we brought, which I will talk about in a second. I like to um, hear it. Wait, 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 wait. There's one more thing about the shambling nest that you need to bring up. That they have eight hitboxes? That they have eight hitboxes. <laughs> See, that that right there, I have issues with. Why does a totem that is supposed to be two points or three points, three points. have eight health, heart of wound, five defense from the two shadow, and, and it's in, uh, it's insignificant, and two inch reach. Yeah, yeah, the two inch reach is actually very egregious because you, you try to walk away from the scene like, wait, he's what now? Yeah. So I have to walk to the edge and then disengage? This is bullcrap. Well, and that was one of the mistakes I made in the game Chris and I played is I, I deployed them a little cautiously. And after I got a turn and a half in with them, I was like, oh, I could have been way more aggressive deploying these things. So, yeah, it, it's good. And the fact that you can just throw off one damage just protects them even more with We Are Legion. So that it, it really makes it where you're not quite as scared to get your models targeted. Yeah, I mean, surprisingly enough, this thing is also a minion. So if you were to like really need to have it more defensively, you can give it flush with cash. You know, <laughs> sure. do a two worker. Sure. I'm being serious. This thing is actually tanky enough that giving it an upgrade is actually not that bad of an idea. Yeah, it has eight boxes. Like <laughs> that was the big thing where it's like, how does this have eight boxes? It's a rotting corpse of a nest of spiders. Egg, eight boxes, defense five, which is average, and hard to wound. Yep, it's good for sure. So I'll go ahead and I'll share with you the list that I've seen people playing, Dixon, just so you can kind of know what our baseline is. Um, because I've seen this, I've watched a couple of videos of people playing on uh, on Vassal. And I've also just heard people talk about it. And this seems like the most common list. Uh, I think you can move the upgrades wherever you want them. But So obviously it's Nexus and the two Shambling Nests. You have Dr. Meredith Stanley, a Spell Eater, an Archivist. Mr. Nagatoro, I had flush with cash on him, but like I said, you can probably move that wherever you want. Uh, the Intrepid Emissary with flush with cash. Once again, you can move that wherever you want. So that's the baseline, right? And which, I mean, that's a pretty solid list. That The Intrepid Emissary is not a joke. That's a beast of a model. He's really hard to kill if you don't have any willpower attacks. Yeah, and so the thing that really kind of makes it tough is the Intrepid Emissary has this Aura of Courage. So this is kind of what I was saying with the healing from this and also the healing from, I think it's Meredith as well. Uh, basically, you have two models that are going to help put out healing within your crew. So each model is going to heal however much they need to. Because Aura of Courage, if you pass a duel within or with two or more, with an opposed duel or a simple duel from an enemy, you can heal one. So even if you're full up, it's like, oh, instead of him healing, I'm going to heal over here. Uh, same thing with Meredith with her. You start within three inches of her. I think it's three. Uh, yeah, three inches. They can heal one. So it's just it lets you heal so much damage that you're taking throughout the turn. Um, those are the two models that I think really make the We Are Legion rule just kind of ridiculous. Kind of ridiculous. That would make anybody ridiculous, to be honest. <laughs> and well, yeah, but you have two models that are letting you heal Right. Two hit points, essentially, per yeah. activation if it goes off. I mean, if I really needed the extra healing in the faction, there's uh, the Seeker models. There's a couple of them that actually heal, too. Yeah. You, you don't Meredith, even need it, though. You don't even need it with this list. You have Meredith and the Intrepid Emissary. That's plenty no, of healing. No, I agree. I'm just <laughs> saying, like, I could take Meredith and any other keyword, too, if I really needed the healing. That's 
my point yeah. is like it that this is not a Cadmus problem only. The real yeah. problems of Cadmus is a combination of a whole bunch of things. Like they have way too much defensive stuff on the weaker models that you're supposed to kill, so you don't get parasite tokens on. Okay, so I, I would agree with the defensive stuff, but I think the other problem is just the sheer amount of points or stones that you're getting advantage of per turn. Yeah. So if you haven't seen Nexus played, she's kind of a she's a pseudo damage kind of dealer condition. She can she can switch out condition, so condition doesn't really do a whole lot to this crew either. Uh, she has transmutation, which basically lets her flip conditions. The big thing is though, she she can place her friendly models and she can do that very well because she can draw a line of sight from any Cadmus model within 12 inches. So this is almost like what Zoraida used to have with hers, Dixon, which that got nerfed. So I don't understand how this gets back on a card. <laughs> you know? Yes, yes. It's like, if you nerf something, why print it on the card again? <laughs> it doesn't make sense. Oh. Uh. Tell me that. Like, I I tell this to my my child. I told this to my students when I was a teacher. It's like, if you, if you messed up once, why are you doing it again? Yeah, it's like you should have like a note or something saying, don't do this. <laughs> and then just have a list of things. I mean, because that made Zoraida uh, a huge problem, right? So yeah. why put it here? <laughs> um, but the problem is, so she, what happens is you draw a line of sight and then you can go, I'm going to target this model to that model. I put a web marker next to it. They teleport to the model that was targeting them. So you get this. So even though you're slow, you can basically place models pretty much wherever you want within six to eight inches, right? And then the big thing is once she has that action done three times, because that's probably what you're going to do, you then can do the citizens of Malifaux. So what this does is you can re basically remove up to three um, three web markers, mm. and then when you get that off, which you need like an eleven if you do that, which is not ridiculous for a summoner. You get three eyes and ears models. Right. These models I have a problem with because <laughs> you can just spam the hell out of these lures. This is just ridiculous. So they're really kind of crappy models. Oh, they're very they're very crappy offensively, but defensively, you can't attack them. If there's models within a certain range of them, like friendly canvas models, they you can't hit them with two damage. Because if you get yeah. them with two damage, They'll spread out to another one, and you have to hit them three times. If yeah. you hit them and you don't flip uh, twelve uh, in in TN total, I mean, for example, you're let's say you're a five on the stat, and you attack them and you flip the six, and you're on top, like you're beating them, right? It misses. You still have to cheat to be. It's a, it's so frustrating because like innocent bystanders usually doesn't do anything in guild, or you know, most of the time doesn't do anything. But on a three-point useless turn of a model that needs to be hit two to three times, depending on how much damage you're doing to them, that's, that's annoying. That's super annoying. <laughs> well, I also have a problem with all the lures because, I mean, you have three of these come out turn one, and you essentially have probably three to, you know, six lures that you can do that turn then. Yep. It's, like, it's only stat four, mm -hmm. but that's just spamming and then bringing your opponent to, you know, your web to kill them. Yeah, I mean, they're, again, they're not offensively. It's not impressive at all. Like, you're like zero range, they're annoying. Or stats, everything. 
you're like, all right, fine, but I have to kill you. And then you try to kill one, and you're like, wait, that did weak damage. Uh, do it again? Like, even if, when you try to focus, you still it's have to cheat a moderate or a severe. Yeah, and they're insignificant. Model. They're insignificant, too, so it doesn't even matter. Exactly. It's it's that That's what the only things that I have, like, say, points for Nexus being too strong would be that. We're like, okay, the lower-end models need to be easier to kill than they are right now. Like I wouldn't, I don't feel bad about the Berserker Husk being the way that it is right now. That that to me is he's fine. But like the eyes and ears and the shambling ass, they need to be looked at. They are way too hard to kill for their point cost. Well, well what about I, flush with cash? Flush with that's, cash. That's another problem. Yeah, the eyes and the ears. I mean, if you make them easier to kill, uh, you're still feeding soul stones. Again, that's yeah. Like, but I rather they die and you don't get a Berserker Husk out of it. You know, well, well that's my- an, that, that's another problem that I have is the fact that if there's a corpse or if there's a web marker just hanging around, mm. you can turn one of these a turn into a berserker husk for free. Correct. Also, just to clarify something, omnipresent influence—the thing that's like Sorita, somebody's gonna say it, so I'm gonna have to like correct you, quote, quote unquote. But I still agree with you. Yeah. Uh, you can only do it once per model. Yeah. So, so it's not. That's a it's not limitation. as terrible. <laughs> but it's, it's, the, it's the same damn thing. It's no, still it's within like, 12 inches. No, no. It's still better than Sorida's because although it is only once per activation, it's, it's once per activation of friendly Cadmus models. And within the context, friendly Cadmus models could be enemies. Yeah. So that's gross because I can literally tra- uh, like target one of or use one of your own models to target your master like that you think you're safe with. Yeah. That's, that's stupid good. <laughs> <laughs> Yeah, it, it is pretty ridiculous. And just going back to you get to, so if you get three of those, if you get three of the eyes and ears, I mean, so you're looking at what's that six points, but then you also get a berserker husk because then you replace one of them for the turn. I mean, that's another six point model. So I mean, you're looking at twelve points of stones, or twelve stones of models, I should say that you're kind of just getting that turn and you can basically rinse and repeat that every turn as long as you know you don't go over your cap summon models. So it's, it's a lot. Something, something gross that I've seen with Nexus, unfortunately, is you can have a model that's dropped, like activate, let's say, Meredith Stanley or something like that, right? Or not Meredith Stanley, somebody else. You can activate somebody, drop a scheme, then have Nexus activate, drop another scheme uh, on the opposite end of that. And then go, uh, I'm going to make a web from that friendly canvas model within two inches of me. And now I'm going to do Citizens of Malifaux. And within eight, you summon three eyes and ears. Yeah. Within eight. Why? Not even a suit. you just like, eight. I got three now. Go. Oh, you get three pass tokens. Oh, no. <laughs> <laughs> it's so stupid. Ugh. I thought you were going to be the devil's advocate saying this wasn't a problem. I don't think the faction as a whole is uh, technically a problem with the We Are Legion. I think the lower cost of models in the faction need to be looked at. It's a combination of everything. It's weird. And it's the fact that the lower point models take so much to take them off the board. It's just, it's. Yep. Because, like, you shouldn't need to have two shots to kill a stupid three point model. One shot should be more than enough. and And it requires usually two shots, unless you have a two, four, five kind of gun. Because even a three, four, five kind of gun, weak won't do it. 
you have to do a moderate of four damage and then they'll just let it go. Yeah, I also think the range attacks on some of these models are just really good, like on the Spell Eater and the Archivist. Right. Uh, like Inaudible Whisper is just really good. Uh, what's her names? Even Meredith's, uh, you know, Vile, where she gets to do the Shockwave and Poison damage. That's really good. Uh, just I mean, a, a lot that, of flexibility. Yeah, that that's where I disagree. I think it those two models are completely fine. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not, I'm, not, I'm not saying it's broken. I'm saying that on top of everything else, you get to make this very, it's almost very guild ball, right? Where you get to make this kind of very synergistic, I'm going to hang around with all my models. As you approach, I'm going to have this range that's just kind of pinging you down. And then mm -hmm. once we engage, you're going to start getting this black blood effect of splash damage on top of the small damage that we're doing. And you're just going to, you're going to evaporate eventually. It, it's just, it's a very slow, methodical, mind numbing, just death. <laughs> which is a very it can be very negative play experience i can definitely see in the hands of somebody that really practices this crew i can see how it is very difficult and very painstaking process to try and dissect and get into this crew and do do effective you know things to it yeah i think it's too centralized and slow to do every mission like everybody keeps saying another thing that i disagree like the only thing that i agree really is the lower cost models are too hard to kill for some reason. That's it. Other than that, I was like, no, I think this is fine. I think the the fact that the crew is super bubbly, it makes it so that they have problems making you know certain schemes or certain uh, uh, strats actually work. You know, that's okay, it. So yeah, but how do you weaken those lower point models without doing something to that we are legion rule? Okay, the first thing you can do to a totem is remove hard to wound. You okay. don't have to lower the health, you just remove hard to wound and all of a sudden it becomes a lot easier to kill. Yeah, I'm talking more of the other models too. Which ones? The uh, eyes and ears. Oh, uh, probably uh, lower the health to two. Yeah, I mean, that would make it where if you get three, it's still going to kill it. Mm -hmm. okay. Three damage will kill it. Two damage still requires two shots. And Dixon, do you want to talk real quick? Because apparently there's been some people in the community kind of playing the uh, the We Are Legion rule a little wrong. Do you want to say how people say they've been playing it and how the correct way to play that rule is? Uh, yeah, every I've heard we. I had to ask a group of friends of mine. I'm like, am I playing this wrong? Because like I've been playing it so you just siphon one life per damage, and they're like, well, that's how it's supposed to be. Like this is beta players, like people that play it in the beta, and like. They, they told me, it's like, this is what's supposed to be. Okay, cool. But people, I have seen games where people, and I don't say anything because I'm not entirely sure. They play it so that you hit them once. Say, say you hit somebody for four damage, and there's like four friendly models around them. So they just spread the one damage on each one of those other four models. That would be, that would be disgusting. That is, yeah. And I was like, if this is how people think this is how you play it, that I can understand. <laughs> Yeah, I'd be, so, be so mad if I played somebody and I found out that that wasn't the way it was played. I'd be like, asterisk, that game doesn't count. That game doesn't count! <laughs> it's, still, it's still broken if you play it correctly, but it would be even... Oh, God, no. Absolutely I, I, I still stand with what I said. Before you put uh, a Parasite token on an enemy model, I think it's just shit incorporeal. That's fair. Yeah. I mean, you're right. You're fair. You know, you can be wrong. That's cool. Uh, 
Prove it <laughs> mathematically. <laughs> okay, listen, we all know this is not a mathematical podcast. I know, I know. We go off of feelings here, you know? We don't care about math. Uh, math and science. <laughs> okay. <laughs> I just feel bad for the Night Silk cre uh, Creeper. He's such a good model, and he does create webs. But the archivist is so much better for the exact same point. <laughs> it's no problem. Yeah, so... <laughs> The th that's kind of the crazy thing here is you're giving three pass tokens, but the archivist sets that off, you know, because you get a initiative flip plus two. Yeah. So you're really only giving them one pass to or one to the initiative flip, mm -hmm. which is really good. He's a high risk, high uh, high reward model. If if your opponent can kill him, then he loses a significant chunk of his army. But it's yeah. really hard to kill I left him. that I left that bitch in the back, man. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, he did. He did absolutely. Yeah, because like there's so much concentrated into that one model that if you lose him, you pretty much lose the game in, in, in certain aspects. Dude, what do you think about his inaudible whisper with the you got to discard a, a tome or you get to draw a card? I think it's great card draw. I mean, you can hit an ice and ears if you really wanted to and spread out the damage and draw a card. Dude, well, I think what I hear people complaining about, and I did this once in our game, uh, where I basically hit my own model, and I was like, I'm not going to discard a card, draw a card. That's <laughs> exactly my point. It felt good. Yeah, it's incredible. Like, it's, yeah, I think this model is actually incredibly good. I think because he's an enforcer, he's just the right amount of, like, defensive stuff and strong stuff. I, I, if you get into I, him, he's dead. Exactly. If you get into him, he's he doesn't have too much of a defensive bubble to be able to die other than siphon. What, what about the two shielding he gets per turn? What about it? I'm just asking. I'm like, do you think that eight boxes with, you know, two shielding, is that a problem? Or are you okay with that for eight? Uh, in this case, uh, it is. To Your first two hits on him are going to be a minus two damage. Mm -hmm. So that's that's what the problem is. So I, I'm okay with it because I, I honestly think that he's, you know, as an enforcer, I think enforcers should be better than even henchmen of the same cost because they have no use of Solstos. The only enforcers that I wouldn't say that they have to be better than henchmen are the uh, Arcanist ones, because they have access to Soulstones. So they still should be better, but not that much better. Mm -hmm. Yeah, that's just my belief. So I look at the archivist, and I was like, yeah, he's fine. I mean, I, I, think, I think he's good. I mean, he's, he's one of the better enforcers that I've seen in a while. Like, usually I, I look at enforcers, and I'm like, okay, I mean, they're okay. This is like, this is good. Oh, yeah. And I'm super stoked to use him. <laughs> oh, hell yeah. No, he, he's so good that I, I see him in so many other lists. That may mean that he's a problem if I see him in so many other lists out of keyword. But he's just, I, I, don't, I don't know. I like him. I think if there's a crew, like if you're, if you, if there's a reveal and you see that the crew has, um, if the crew has a weak willpower problem, I think you can just bring him and just do damage and just draw cards just from the weak willpower that you're going to be going against. So that's pretty good. Mm -hmm. He's good. And his fluff's kind of funny because he's apparently just creeping in like <laughs> the bottom of like libraries and archives and he's, people don't even know he's there. It's, it's kind of a creepy background with him too. That's hilarious. But uh, I would uh, personally, I would like to use him in Jet in Jetsa Screw, the Seekers. Mm -hmm. Because you can inaudible whisper on, like, say, Mikhail or somebody else with armor, and then heal them. It's just, it triggers everything in the world, and you get to draw two cards. Oh, it's so good. <laughs> so that's something that, I, that we'll kind of keep talking about as we're going through this. So 
I mean, people are saying this is a problem, but I've also heard people say that, you know, Ivan and the Seekers are even a bigger problem. Yeah, I'm in the Seeker camp. Out of all, out of the three crews, I think Seekers are better than uh, the other two. And I know people that the person is like, now nah, Ivan is the big monster that you have to be afraid of because he just, he has no minuses and he only has like pluses everywhere. But the majority of the internet are talking about Cadmus, so I figured... If anybody's going to get nerfed, it's going to be them because they have the biggest vocal majority. Well, I will say that out of kind of everything that was going down, I will say just mass like blast damage. That seemed to definitely be doing the most work, especially with Reva, because, I mean, once Chris had it set up, he basically was doing whatever that ability is, Chris, that lets you just kind of like, okay, everybody within two take, you know, this test and everybody within two take, take that test. And you did that like five times one turn. Yeah, it's the unquiet dead. Yeah, it was pretty good. I, that's been my answer so far when I played against them. Win or lose, blast damage and AoE damage seems to be like the biggest weakness of the Gadmus models have. Absolutely. Yeah, because you have to, you, I mean, you don't have to, but obviously that's how you're going to win as a Cadmus player is staying in your formations and your bubbles. And if you have blast damage and you're just raining hellfire down on them, it, it's better than obviously if you were playing Plague. Because, I mean, if you play against Blast and you're playing Plague, Hamlin's just going to evaporate. But at least with the Cadmus, you get to spread out the damage where you're not going to die to that instantaneously. So that was definitely something where I was like, this sucks. But it's still getting spread out where I, I'm mitigating it and healing some of it. So it wasn't as big of a problem as obviously Plague has with it. Mm-hmm. I mean, you could. There's some. There's a lot of other weaknesses. To it. Like, they they hate lure, they hate obey, they hate guns. There's a lot of things that if you hit them from range, they are very weak against. But there's a lot of strategies that also revolve being around the middle. And yeah. If they set up in the middle, then even those crews are gonna be hurting. Yeah. Yeah. Well, yeah, because then they can even lure people in themselves and start taking apart those important pieces. So it, it does become. I think I I think it depends on the matchup. I think you're right there. But I also think it is almost more on the Cadmus player. Like if you're a really good Cadmus player, I think that you're just going to be in a really good spot there. I think when you play against Cadmus, it comes down to is the Cadmus player going to mess up? Okay, this is going to be easier if they do. If they stay disciplined and kind of tight and making the right decisions and spreading the damage out in the correct spots, I think that's going to be very difficult to kind of approach and deal with that crew. Right. Um, and I think the thing that opened my eyes, I actually saw where um, the guy from Texas, Andre, who plays like pretty much a lot of Nakima, right? Yeah. I mean, he played again. I don't know where the guy was. He sounded like he was from Eastern Europe or somewhere like that. But if you tell me the name, I can tell you from where. I think it was Plog or it was like P-L-A-A-G. Gotcha. Uh, look um, it up real quick. But anyways, they were playing a game and it was his first time playing Cadmus into Andre, who just purely plays Nakima of like most of the time. Mm -hmm. And the Cadmus player won 6-0. So I was like... Plog uh, is from Russia. Okay. Yeah. So, so close. I don't want to insult him, but Russia then. No, no. But, <laughs> don't, don't want to get people's nationality wrong. <laughs> <laughs> uh, but But that's the thing. It's like... That was a really good player with a seasoned crew that they're good with. And they kind of got, you know, beat down with this crew. So I think that was something where I was like, okay, this 
there's something to be said here. There's something going on, whether it's totally busted or just new and different. It's like, we got to figure out where this is in between, right? So I think my biggest problem, and Chris and I both talked about this, and you can tell us what you think about it, Dixon, is playing. So me playing Cadmus and Chris playing against it probably have some different thoughts on this. But me, I was sitting here moving damage around, and I had to spend so much time just thinking, okay, where did I already put damage down? Okay, where did I already heal? Okay, who already activated? Am I within four? Where am I putting this damage? And the whole damage spreading thing, it it slowed the game down so it was annoying. And it, it hurt my brain just trying to put this stupid puzzle together where I was appropriately putting damage in the right spot. I don't know, Chris, what do you, what did you think seeing it all? I completely agree with that statement. It was a four plus hour game. I mean, it, Oh my only, God. Yeah. I mean, and we only, well, we, we took like a little lunch break there, but I mean, and even then we only got like what, three and a half turns into it. Cause we were just kind of, well, one, we were also first time playing. Yeah. We talk, we talk our turns through with each other. So gotcha. yeah, I mean, we're, we're used to playing first time crews and just talking about it, talking about different aspects, what are good and stuff like that. But even you were saying like, man, you need some kind of token system or a whiteboard or something. You need an abacus. You need an (laughs) abacus to Uh, keep track. um, This is only like per attack, per activation, because then you can actually press it out. I haven't seen any people online do it, but if, if it became a problem, just take little tokens from Guild Ball. That's what I use. Yeah, right. Little influence. Yeah, and I and I use the influence as like markers to say, okay, this one already did, this one did, and I'm planning on doing that with Pandora once I go back, you know, to play in person. Yeah, yeah. That way, you just like that's how you keep track. You're like, all right, here's an influence, here's an influence, here's an influence. Now yeah. take them off, do it again, pop, pop, pop. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and we were just saying there's there you have to keep track of it because it, it would be really easy for somebody and I think I did it once even, Chris, where I was like, Oh, I'm gonna do this. And I'm like, well, I think you already did it to that model. Right, uh, yeah, yeah. Yeah. I can definitely see something like um what's her face from the puppets? Hinamatsu. Hinamatsu does the potential of attacking you six to eight times because yeah. you can get fast and she can get onslaught and she has flurry. <laughs> so if she were to attack a Catmus model, technically speaking, depending on who the model is, he could get hit eight times, and you have to literally spread it out to eight. Yeah. Times. Well, the the confusing part was was Reva and the Unquiet Dead. I mean, I know we just talked about this, but let's go back to that. It's it, important. This is. Important. I was hitting. Yeah, I was hitting four to five models every single time I used that action, and I was I had masks in my hand, so. I was doubling up every single time. I was, you know, like Pete said, I got five, um, five of those attack or actions off. My God, well, Reva, well, you such a monster! Well, and not yeah. only that though, but each time I did one of those simple duels, because I think the uh, yeah, the and stuff, it had intrahemisphere, yeah, yeah, right there. So I had to be like, oh, did I win that duel by two? Okay, now I heal and I can throw this over there. So it made. That activation for Reva took so long to like just go through because it was like, okay, and I did this by two. So now I'm going to heal. Uh, let's see here. And the problem is I didn't have the cards printed off. So I'm sitting there scrolling on my phone and it that was annoying. Mm. I was just, it, it was to the point where we actually called it because I'm like, Chris, I know you're going to activate and do that again. 
I don't want to. <laughs> no. <laughs> no, no. After, after hearing the why, that makes more sense. Like, I've never been in a position where Riva makes like four or five of my models trigger. Exactly. That yeah, and it was, there were so many things triggering off of each other. I was just kind of done with it where I'm just like, it's like, I'm not going to die horribly from this. I'm still going to, I'm still going to be standing and, and competitive in the game. I just don't want to. <laughs> it's like, I don't want it anymore. I'm done with it. I see what it does. Let's move on. I know on. exactly how to go into Cadmus now. I mean, it's fine. I would think that my next game would go a lot better, but. Well, I don't know because we even agreed that I deployed kind of poorly on that. Yeah. And yeah. that's the problem. Like you get somebody who's strong with it and knows where they want things to be. I think that it can cause more problems. Oh, it can absolutely cause more problems. But yeah, you know, like Dixon said, I'm, you know, I'll run Seamus into it. I'll pull it. I'll, do a bunch of lures or I'll do Reva again. Reva was actually a pretty good drop into, uh, into Gadmus because of all her uh, AOE capabilities. Yeah. Dixon, I was going to ask, uh, do you know if, uh, does Explorers Society have uh, marker removal? I don't know if they have a lot of yeah, it. They have a crab load. They have an upgrade actually that allows them to remove uh, markers. Let me double check something real quick. Uh, da, 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 da. It's, it's something treasure map. Let's see. Don't tell me. Remove oh, target. Man. One second. Within one inch of it, remove yep. target marker. It's a yep. quick action. They can remove any marker within one inch of somebody for a quick action. So you can double walk to somewhere and then remove it. Yep. Yeah, and that's what I was telling Chris. It's like I didn't make the adjustment because I, when I ever first play a crew, I don't try to specialize any. I just let's try the base list. Nice. But but going into it, if I saw Riva. I know there's going to be those pyre markers and I'm like, okay, we need to bring some marker removal. And that would have made the game a lot better. Yeah. Not for Chris. <laughs> pyre markers everywhere. I don't, I don't know though. Cause I had a ton of pyre markers out and I oh. could have put a lot more out. I was just choosing not to bring back corpse candles. Well, yeah, I mean, but I think there was a couple of key spots that removing, you know, two around would have been a big deal. It's mm. possible. Yeah. I mean, that's what I'm saying. Anything you can do to mitigate and help placement, because obviously you can push them and move them around. But the fact is, then you're using actions to position them as opposed to me just being there. That's it's the difference. True. Absolutely. Dear God, I just realized why Chris is upset. I was like, why is this upset? Biomarkers can be removed normally, right? And I look at it and I was like, oh, no. I forgot about that. <laughs> Biomarkers cannot be removed normally. They cannot. <laughs> oh, that's so good. <laughs> I swear I'm not defending uh, Cadmus as much. No, as no, I no, you're good. <laughs> <laughs> Cadmus was it was it was nasty going into Cadmus. I yeah. I did I didn't have a lot of fun. It mm. was yeah. I mean I feel like I said I feel uh, in Cadmus I feel for the night silk creeper because I don't think I'll ever see it in um, on the table. I don't know. I don't know why. I think he's a great model, and I hardly ever hear about it, if at all. There's too many other good models. models. Yeah, yeah. the spell eater gets picked all the time. Well, absolutely, <laughs> all the time. Yeah. Uh, yeah, the spell eater and the archivist are just—they're good models. They are fantastic. Yeah, my—I mean, uh, granted, if you were to touch the archivist, because. He is a model that people keep talking about. I love him as he is because I think he's a very unique model. 
I don't know what we. I I don't know what to touch. His health, make him health seven or six. What will you do? Take out ill omens. No, you can't take out ill omens because that's one of the main fundamental parts of why. Oh, yeah. Yeah, yeah, why people are bringing him. Mm-hmm. Uh, I would probably do something with the shielding. Arcane shielding. Yeah. Just take it off or make it plus one. Well, I mean, he's good. He's a really good eight-point model. I mean, he should honestly be about ten points. Ten stones. Mm. That's why I said about the health. He wanted to drop it to six or seven and keep everything else normal. But uh... It's a strong faction, but I know your argument is it's not broken. Like, there's, like I think yes. you're kind of more of the camp that there's, even in Explorer Society, there's stronger crews. Yeah, I, I'm of the mind that Seeker is stronger. So why do you think Seeker is worse off than Cadmus? Because it gets too much from Soul. Like it, they, they are low risk, high reward. And I hate factions that are like that or things that are like that. And like I said, you can bring things like the Archivist for one extra soul stone, start hitting things, draw cards. And because you're hitting them, you're helping them. Because when they activate, they heal, and they trigger everything in their keyword. Do it again. Do it again. It's yeah. It's very problematic. Also, there are very small crew usually, so they they already come with pass tokens, and then he has ill omens. And there's a couple of things that I just think that Seeker does better. Mikhail being an you know unkillable god slain monster that if he's engaged with you with two inch reach, you pretty much can't escape him. You have to go for him. It was a lot. <laughs> also, every time you heal, you take damage. Well, not every time, but like the f- first time every activation that a model is healed, you can have them take damage. Mm. Yeah, like it, regeneration gets effed. Uh, um, Juggernaut gets destroyed. Uh, just stuff like that. Like they look cool. Uh... Yeah, I'm just looking at them, and I'm kind of looking at some of these auras that they have. And I haven't played with them or against them, so I can't speak a lot to them. But they definitely mm-hmm. look like it is a... I'm just going to almost, like, outlast you, right? They're just going to hang around and just kind of pick you apart as they just kind of remain, right? That'll be- yeah, no, I, I they can teleport. They move fast. They heal. You don't have to... You don't actually have a say uh, sometimes when you try to heal. Hmm. So, I, I personally think the seeker being able to like affect you without you being able to interact with them, period, is bigger. Whereas Cadmus at least gives you chances. It's like, do you want a parasite token? No. Are you sure? <laughs> <laughs> so, looking at these, looking at these kind of crews in the Explorer Society, do you guys think Explorer Society is then the best faction in the game at the moment? It's the new hotness. Okay, besides besides being new, I think, the best. I think that the best is still wrestlers, but that's just my opinion. Okay. Okay, so are they towards the top though, or are they towards the bottom? Like how strong? I think they're second. Okay, so you think behind wrestlers? Yes. Okay. And I I think I'm kind of more on the in the same camp that you guys are, where it's like I think they're strong, but I also think it's kind of the new hotness, right? Like there there's going to be things that are going to counter what they're mm-hmm. doing. Uh, people just need to figure it out. I would also kind of maybe make the argument, though, that there's a slight power creep a little bit. 
And I'm kind of curious to see if they're going to bring it down or if they're going to start bringing everybody up to it. That's kind of so that that I agree with. I am both impressed and concerned because uh, there's a couple of facts. I would say that Gil definitely needs it in Neverborn and Bayou to a smaller extent needs it of like a rebalancing mm -hmm. because there's a few models that don't really make sense. Or like, why would you ever pick this model? You know, kind of thing. Yeah. Uh, like Guild, I've heard people, and I kind of agree that there's a minion problem. There's a keyword problem in Guild that models within their own keyword usually don't want to be there. Well, I was actually mentioning that while I was reviewing the From Nightmares book because it's all about you know Neverborn, and I was looking at the pictures of the Half Bloods and like Tuco. And I was like, mm -hmm. man, those models are like so cool and you never see them on the table. Exactly. I agree. I agree. Like the the half both the half bloods and the asylum models, the only models that you ever see are their henchmen and only very rarely and for a specific reason. Because the one in the guild is a monster in certain scheme and strategies because he just removes the model completely from the strategy and the scheme. Yeah. Just by being engaged and that model having a stack. Yeah. And then the other one is Angel Eyes. Which every now and then you'll see a table and be like, man, Angel Ice is really good here. And I'm playing against AoE damage? Sure, let's do it. Yeah, the only time I brought Angel Eyes is when I was playing Lucius, just because I thought mm. a, a gun with, like, you know, uh, what's his name, Agent 47 and, you know, Angel Eyes would be kind of cool. Oh my God, it works so well. I did it with McTavish. Yeah. Uh, and a doppelganger. I know exactly what you're talking about. Dude, McTavish and a doppelganger is disgusting. <laughs> I'm. I, I can see Angel 46 and fucking um, Angel, Eyes. Uh, Angel Eyes do that. Oh my god, that's so gross. Yeah, it was fun. It, was fun for <laughs> it wasn't the right map for it, but it was fun. Yeah, yeah, I see them. So, definitely interesting. I mean, Chris, are you pretty salty about it? You seemed like a little, I don't, I don't know. I think we just came to the agreement that looking at the um, Cadmus crew, we were just like, this is just kind of stupid. This is, it was absolutely stupid. I am very salty about the game. I do not like the faction, or I, yeah, I don't like the uh, the keyword. It Well, to me, it almost just didn't see, it doesn't seem it's in its right spot, right? Like, if I was going to say this is Malifaux, this weird kind of tyranid kind of vibe of a crew just doesn't seem to fit in Malifaux to me. I, I get the background of, you know, Titania kind of, you know, used them and then hit them away and now they're coming back out. It's like, I get how they wrote it in. It just kind of seems silly to me. It doesn't seem like it fits in the world. I don't know if you guys mm -hmm. get that vibe. I kind of, I actually like the aesthetic appearance of Cadmus. I, I really do. I mean, the spiders and the creepy crawlies. <laughs> I, think I like fits, it. Yeah, I think it fits in the game. I think it's just one of those play styles that's frustrating. Like, yeah, I just, yeah. I like Hamlin, yeah. but the best Hamlin tricks with the rats is very frowned upon in a lot of the community because it takes so flipping long. Yeah. And I, like, I, it takes me like 15 to 20 minutes to resolve and I have an activation sometimes, depending on how many rats are around me. You know, and, it's, and that's not fun. It's funny you say that, Dixon, because I think if I'm playing against Cadmus, I think my, the way I would play that game is I would try to play maybe a crew like Zip or Lucius or something like that. And, yep. and be like, I'm going to score as many points early because I don't think this game is going to go long. Right? That's You're absolutely correct. That's actually my first thought, too. I was like, all right, I need to score 
points now because there's not gonna be a turn four. It's gonna be turn three or bust. Yeah, I think I think you're gonna. I think those matches against Cadmus, it's gonna be three, maybe four, if the Cadmus player knows what they're doing. Yeah. In, in a in a real life tournament setting, I think that's the truth. Yeah, absolutely. I'll agree with. I'll get behind that statement. And you know, if I think it's a they have been games finished inside the I think it was like two and a half hours uh, time that you get for the uh, for the World Cup thing on, on Vassal. Yeah. And it's still a, like a frustrating, grueling experiment. Yeah. It's like, all right, I move very, very fast. Go. Well, the game. Right, move yeah, the game I saw, the Vassal game that I saw, I think it was played in about two and 45, maybe. Um, yeah. And they honestly, it was because both players played Vassal a lot and they, mm -hmm. they did move quickly. So it, it was very was, obvious. Yeah. Andre plays fast as hell in Plague. I haven't actually played uh, against him in a long time, but uh, I can see him also be a very fast player. Yeah, yeah. so that wasn't surprising. But I think like if I'm going to go to a local tournament, I would expect that player playing Cadmus to not play that fast. Nope. Two turns mm -hmm. in. I'm going to give it two turns in. <laughs> three or four. <laughs> this game is going to end with like a 4-2 yeah. score. Yeah, you have one turn to score. That's that's going to be it in a tournament setting with Cadmus. And, and to be to be even more honest here, I absolutely hate that. I absolutely hate games that don't go to the to like the completion because ultimately one of those players played forty five minute turns effectively. Yeah, like oh, I activate my model. I take fifteen minutes to like do X, Y, and Z and blah, 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 blah. It's, like, it's not fun for either player because well, you feel oh, the yeah. pressure if it's you. Well, that reminds and, me of. Uh... Of that guild ball, of, of that guild ball tournament we played, where Chris was playing a guy. Oh, oh Jeremy! And, and we didn't have the death clock on, so because we just oh we didn't God. have timers. And man, Chris got robbed of so much time. It was it was not good. I maybe played about ten minutes of that. Maybe probably I, more like five minutes. I hated that so much. Like when when they introduced clocks into guild ball i was so happy i was so happy it was like all right click go let's go let's go what do you yeah. what do you think guys about introducing a death clock to malfo that's exactly what I, i'm a huge fan of war machine hordes like inner right. i clock was in. a huge fan of war machine and hordes <laughs> was or was was there you go was <laughs> no but dixon what would you think about a death clock being in malfo for a competitive play i'm always for uh clocks because I, I personally, it, it made us uh, my discipline on the game was actually better, mm -hmm. faster, and cleaner. Yep. It's, you just go into the table ready and just try not to take more than two minutes thinking and then start acting. Yeah. And if you start doing that more and more for competitive Malifaux specifically, I get it. But uh, what would you make the clock act to be? Because sometimes you can't pass the clock to your opponent if it's for a flip or something. What do you mean if it's for a flip? Uh, for example, uh, do you pass it back when he's thinking about whether or not he's going to use his focus? Would you pass it back and forth in in flips? Well, I mean, I think it. I, I that, right? Well, I mean, it's just like in Guild Ball. I mean, if if I was like, okay, I'm going to attack you, and you're like, okay, uh, wait a second, it's like, okay, clock's on you. Okay, are you going to counter attack? Right, right. See that that, but like we have to define it because it was easy in Guild Ball because in Guild Ball you're the attacker; he doesn't have to do anything. Yeah. But in Malifaux, there's opposed duels. Yeah. And that's where I, I, I have an issue with. I have an issue with because in Malifaux, there's points that both you and the player are actually playing together. Yeah. 
yeah, when you're defending or attacking, whenever you're solving an ability that's opposed, yeah. Yeah, but there's still a clear line of who's you know who's got the uh, who's got the ball in the situation of Malifaux. I mean, if it's your opponent's thinking about something, switch clock over. Uh, all right. I mean, I can see that being kind of sneaky, but I I feel you. <laughs> no, because I can literally go. All right, I'm attacking past the clock to your opponent, and your opponent was like still mauling something over in the head, and like not realizing. Well, I mean, let's be honest. Clock. Let's be honest. That <laughs> happened in Guild Ball. I mean, I played, all the time. I played against people where they're like, "I'm gonna attack, click it over to you," and it's like, uh, "Okay, do your attack." I click it back. It's like, quit wasting my time and just do your shit. Right. <laughs> I hated that. It was like, all right. It's almost you can passive. It's like super want. aggressive when they <laughs> slap it back over to you. I'm just like, yeah. like dude, just take your damn attack. Just like, shut the fuck up. I'll let you know if I want to so, counter. So I guess that would be like the better thing it would be like you put your hand over the, the it's still very, like I said, it's very aggressive, but it'll be like, all right, I'm about to attack you and pass the clock to make sure your opponent's like, all right, I'm going to put a positive because of a soul stone or put a stone yeah. or a suit or yada, yada, yada. It will make it cleaner, but it will also make it very <laughs> aggressive. Well, like you said. I, I think that's, I think that's something that you can work with though, because I know I like when I played guild ball in, in war machine, not so much in war machine cause it was for turn, but in guild ball, I would sit there and I'd go, I'm going to attack. And if they were like, well, I'm going to like, are you going to do anything? They're like, well, I'm like, okay, hit it over to them. It's like I didn't just automatically assume they were going to do something. I gave them a second to respond and then went from there. Yeah, I could see that. Absolutely. And, I mean, let's be honest. The Malifaux community is a fantastic community. I mean, it's not like, you know, we get in arguments or anything like that. Yeah. Or, you know, we could easily work around this clock thing. I just think it's more fair because you've got your crews like, you know, Cadmus that are going to take – forever to play well and it, it it rewards people that get repetition with their crew it rewards people for being you know clean and fast and you know playing and using their models in the designated time and like you said when you play against somebody who they're new or their crew's more complex and they literally are sitting in the tank for like 20 minutes figuring out one activation it's like yeah. that's 20 minutes being taken from you not them it's like now you have less time to score points Exactly. Yeah. yeah. That that alone is why I, I advocate all the time for clocks. I love clocks. I love playing on the clocks. In fact, most of the time when Pete and I play, I'm always like, hey, let's play on the clock. Pete's like, absolutely. Yeah, we do definitely more when we're getting ready for events. So I know as people are talking about running events, Chris and I are definitely going to do that more. And it, it people like to make it more of a big deal than it is. But I think, like you were saying, Chris, the, the Malifaux community is pretty, I would say pretty, like, not laid back is probably the wrong word, but, you know, they're just not douches. They're not, you know, going to, you know, just do something to make the game more miserable on the clock. I think if you introduce a clock, most people that are tournament-wise, I think that people would be okay with it because they're like, okay, you're not stealing my time anymore. If there's a, Because even in Guild Ball, there were times where you lost a couple minutes because somebody forgot to switch the clock over right and there it wasn't a big deal it's like okay yeah just here i'll let you do this one on my clock or off the clock or whatever and right and most people were cool with it i, I had very few issues on the clock yeah no literally ever since war machine i always advocated for clocks because it just ultimately made play better for both players i think if you introduced a clock you would see more games getting completed 
as well. A hundred percent. Because when you because people won't be in the tank for twenty. Exactly. <laughs> like I said, if you're playing in a in a tournament and they're giving you a two hour round time, it's like if they take twenty minutes on an activation, that's twenty minutes you're not getting back. Yeah. And you're not going to score points. You're, they're essentially denying you points because they are not maybe not intentionally, but they are slow playing you. Even if even if it's not unintentional slow play, it's still slow play. It you're is. taking away. You take it away time that your opponent could have actually done. Because sometimes you win games off of that. You're like, oh, I'm sorry I took so long. Well, I guess I win four to three. I'm like, I yeah. literally needed 10 <laughs> minutes to be able to beat you. Yeah. Well, I think, oh, I think it's Chris so frustrating. Because, Chris, I think you would have won that guild ball game if it was on the clock. Malifaux, but yes. No, no, no. I was talking about the one, the one against. <laughs> oh, yeah, 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 yeah. The one against Jeremy, yeah. absolutely. If we were on the clock, yeah, I would have, I would have taken it, and I, you know, that would have then, you know, brought Wait, me into the game. I would like to go back. Which Battlefield game are you talking about that you would have won if it was on the clock? Because that's actually uh, a very important thing for what we're talking about right now with Capmus. No, Guild Ball. It was, it was actually Guild Ball. So. I hear you. I'm saying you mentioned that if it was a Malifaux game, I, you would have won. I think if so. I th- I honestly think Chris and I played a game in a tournament in Georgia, and I th- mm. I think if we were playing on the clock, I was playing Dreamer and he was playing Seamus. I think I absolutely would have. Yeah, won. you would have won. I, I would have clocked myself because I was in the tank for a lot more time than you were. Absolutely. I'm towards the end of the game. We're like just, you know <laughs> ten minutes in, and I'm just like Chris was Chris was the clock. He's like he's like come on Pete, come on Pete. I'm like dude, just what the hell are you doing? What are you doing? Go. There's a billion things I can do with Dreamer. Just shut up. Just shut up. You, <laughs> so so we we transitioned to clock talk, and I actually love this because it's very important for the game. I think. That being said, uh, in the Catmus player, how long do you think it would have lasted? I, well, I think if you have a clock, I don't think unless you are a super, superb Cadmus player, I don't think you can. <laughs> uh, one more thing that I I wanted to add: what would be the timers? You know, like what would happen if you actually get the uh, this um, what you call it uh, death clock? Do you want it to be like War Machine where you just die, or do you want to do it like in Guild Ball where you just start scoring points until your opponent you know ends an activation? I think uh, you start scoring points, absolutely. Or or there's a third door. There's a third door. You can make it so that your opponent loses points. Whoever is on the death clock starts losing points. Ooh, that'd be good. Yeah, that'd you see, be good. You see, like, there's multiple ways you can actually see this. You either lose the game and you score whatever you scored. You start giving points to your opponent. Or you start losing points. Which yeah. one would it be? Because they hated the death clock. Yeah. It was very frustrating. What, what what did they not like about the death so, clock? So, Pete, uh, to recap, because I know that we lost a little bit of recording. Uh, sure. Chris, you were saying, I asked you the question, Chris, how do you feel uh, losing the death clock be? You lose, you start giving your opponent points per activation, or you start losing points per activation? Yeah, what happens when the death clock hits zero? Correct. So, so what was I, your answer, Chris? I could get behind either a gain of points or a, lo- a loss of points. But not I do not, if you I do lose not yeah. like losing the game. I don't like that that shtick in War Machine Hordes. It it's a negative play experience for me yep. just because, you know, what if you're playing a Cadmus list and it just takes a little bit longer per turn and mm-hmm. now I've lost, you know, two plus hours of my life. Now it's 
you gotta you gotta work around you gotta you know gain points or lose points yep i i i was on both ends when i was playing war machine and both times it felt terrible either i win or i lose by the the clock it was just like ugh, i'm sorry bud like you know this even when they were beating my butt like it was just like oh my god (laughs) <laughs> I, I liked it when guild ball switched to the point per activation right so that's system that's where we're at now pete do you prefer you start gaining points or whoever death clock himself start losing points you see so the differential matters i mean can you at that so i wouldn't want to lose points so i i don't like that option i I would like it either to be the game's done, let's tally the points, mm. which I'm not a huge fan of. I think I'm more of, okay, you want to do, you know, X activation, you're going to give your opponent a point. Gotcha. And then if and then if they get to eight points, then we just call a game there. Cause... So it gives it gives you a couple activations to do something, but you're still giving up victory points. So I, I'm going to rip, uh, you know, get this back to like, like Atmos. I think if we actually were to introduce clocks, Things like Cadmus, Hamelin, and you know stuff like that would take a huge hit in competitive play. I mean, are they in competitive play right now? Anyways, Cadmus is, but I don't know about Hamelin. No, Hamelin is it, but there's other ones that that would have that problem. Like I can see that with Karai too, because there's there's a couple of players that I can see trying to summon stuff, not realizing what it is, being in the tank for ten minutes, then summoning one thing. Happens all I mean, the time. Get, get your reps in. Get your reps in. Yeah, if it's saying, summoners, I constantly see summoner players literally be in the tank for like 10 minutes trying to figure out what do they summon. Yeah, yeah, that's what I'm saying. It's like, yes, summoners are powerful. If you want to play them in a tournament, get better with them so you don't clock yourself. Right. And I'm I'm for that. I think that actually would would actually help against the, the whole canvas thing. There are some players that I would argue you shouldn't play a summoner. It's like you play too long and it makes the game miserable. Yes. <laughs> it's like when we uh, we play Magic the Gathering, right? We play EDH. Mm. And it's like, if you're going to win the game, win the game. Don't let me, you know, don't keep <laughs> me playing a game for like two hours. It's like, win it now. Dude, like my biggest issue with summoners isn't even the summons. My biggest issue with summoners is exactly having the player be in the tank for for like ten minutes. That's literally yeah. the only gripe that I have with summoners. Because I play many games against summoners, and their summons did impact the game, but not to an, an uh, level that would make me quit the the game. Does that make sense? Yeah. 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 And that's what I, that is exactly what happened in the game Chris and I played, where it's like. We could have played it out, but honestly, besides hanging out with Chris, I wasn't having fun because I'm like, okay, I'm just this is taking too long to play. Yeah. And and then resolving Chris's attacks into me is taking too long to play. And I'm like, this is just it's not fun. Yeah. I mean, when you said that Riva was triggering four or five days yeah. I, I was like, oh my lord. <laughs> Never yeah, mind. It was, it was four five models per trigger. Yeah, it was it was nice. It was it, good. Yeah, that's well, no, it was good, but just resolving it was just annoying. Like just resolving any action was annoying with playing Cadmus. So your experience was slightly different than mine. Like I, I played, I played Pandora, I played Titania, and that's it. I don't, I don't have, I don't have a problem with Pandora. Yeah. It was, to me, it was, it was more bookkeeping than even Pandora. Right, and I played so far. I think it was yeah. I played five games and I've lost three, but the the way that I played matters, and the willpowers their willpower is garbage. 
Except for the yeah. archivist, their willpower is three or five or four, depending on who it is. The archivist and I think Nexus are the only two that are like really hard to kill. So I just mm -hmm. started dropping bombs from really long range. In fact, yeah. my favorite matchup was with uh, Titania, because Titania usually killed them with life leech. <laughs> It's like, all right, get you outside of the four-inch bubble, hit you really hard, wait for it, you activate, you're dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, and I, th I think a lot of this, too, with Cadmus is just playing against it and figuring out your your good attack, right? Yeah. Um, there were some people talking about just diving in and killing Nexus. I don't know if you can do that a lot right? just because of how protected and set up the crew is. So I, I would just say probably just picking off the important pieces like, you know, the Archivist and, you know, Meredith. Those are the pieces you want to try to get a hold of. Sorry, those are the pieces that your opponent is going to keep in the back. Like yeah. yeah. I've only ever killed the Archivist once. And out of the five games, I only killed the Archivist once. And that was with um, Titania. She flew all the way to the back and just slaughtered him. It's just like, yeah. die. Yeah, I think there's also something to be said for just also... Um, bring it, I think could be pretty good on some of those models. Like you get Tony and, you know, just bring some in and just, you know, get locked down and beat the crap out of them. Maybe. I don't know. Um, huh. I like that a lot because bring it is plus two their speed, but usually yeah. their movement is garbage. That was another thing that Titania was doing great is emissary was just destroying fools. It's like, all right, you're staggered and you're in severe terrain. You're staggered and you're in severe terrain. It was just like, bam, 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 just controlling yeah. the board and it keeping is a very it at range. Slow. Yep, it is a very slow crew. Yep. Super slow. That was that was another thing. Like, they have triggers to make themselves faster, and it was just like, all right, go through all of this severe hazardous terrain. Have fun. Well, by, <laughs> them, by themselves, they're a slow crew, but mm -hmm. with, you know, with uh, Nexus, they, you know, become place placeable. I mean, it, it was... Not if they're staggered. Oh, not if they're staggered. You're right. Yep. That's the main problem. Yeah. Yeah. I mean, again, I, I was able to play it. And again, I lost most of my games because three out of five is still, you know, bad. But it was, I blame it on my play. Like, I played it poorly, and that's why I lost. Yeah. And the problem is there's a lot of people that are not seeing it that way. So... If enough yeah, people all, don't there, like there, something, there, it, it's actually... A lot of actually, going on. Yeah, but like, if enough people don't like it, like you guys don't like it, even if I'm okay with it, I would say the company should take a look at that because they need to keep the player base happy. If the majority of the player base is not happy with Cadmus, then something has to be done. Yeah, I, I would say I would agree with that, that when you look at players, you want to see, okay, what does the community think about this? Because when it comes down to it, they're the ones consuming your content, right? Exactly. So if if there's a very vocal community, like 160 replies in a weird place to a topic is it, that's a big deal. That's yep. not nothing. And it was mostly negative. It was mostly negative. Absolutely. Yeah. Like I know the there guy was, uh... was trying to defend it. Jeffrey Jeffrey was trying <laughs> yeah, to defend it. He was man, and, and he was like, he's like, listen, just hear me out. And it was almost like, you know, no. it was almost like a, a woke crowd coming after him. Like, no, <laughs> you're wrong. Shut your mouth. Ah. <laughs> you don't get to talk. Oh my god, that's so funny. I, I feel, I kind of felt bad, but at the same time, it's like he knew what he was getting himself into. <laughs> oh yeah, he even said he's like, I might be stirring the pot here, but <laughs> you guys stop need to stop being little bitches about this thing. I was like, damn. <laughs> I mean, that's it, how I read it. it. Is, 
Well, and you want to know what? It's like if we were open and doing open tournaments, which I foresee happening relatively soon. Yeah. It's like this is like anytime there's a powerful crew and you know you're going to see it, well, you better bring an answer for it. Right. So what's your answer going to be? It's like you can either bitch about it and complain about it, which feels good, mm-hmm. or you can solve the problem be like, here is my answer to this. And it might be not be the best, but it's an answer. And the best example I'll give while we wrap this thing up is I was playing Warhammer Fantasy back in the day, probably 7th edition. It was back when demons were super overpowered, right? Yes, I Bas- remember ba- that. Yeah, basically, if you brought demons, you guaranteed you were probably having a winning record in that tournament. And probably going to win if you were good. Anyways, I was playing orcs and goblins because I like cheeky things. So <laughs> my answer to it was I, I brought go. <laughs> I brought I brought two goblin shaman and chariots, and this was back when you didn't have to reveal your magic items. And I put it basically for those of you that don't know, demons had this invulnerable save that they always got. They were very hard to get rid of, uh, and that's why they they won a lot. Anyways, I ended up charging this huge unit of blood letters and they had a champion on whatever the mounted thing is. And I just rammed into this thing with two chariots and I got like 14 impact hits off this thing. I rolled really well. And I had an object on my on one of my shaman that said, you don't get invulnerable saves. So the whole unit just obliterated. They failed their test and the whole unit just died. And that was the thing holding his list together. And the reason I bring this up is not because, you know, it felt good. And I was like, yeah, fuck your couch. The point is that you can bring a counter when you know people are going to bring the broken stuff. You can bring a counter that's going to work against that. Like, I think Reva is a really good, like, putting out those pyres and just doing all that blast damage. I think it's just, I thought that was fantastic. I'm like, yeah, that's a good answer to what's going on here. Absolutely. It just took forever and a day to, like, resolve. Yeah. Yeah. It just was not fun to play the game, which is something else. And that's why we went (laughs) into the clock talk. Because in reality, a lot of these problems that we are having, we could probably solve with the clock. Yeah, I think that... If you say like, hey, you have to play your clock, you have, you know, maybe let's say an hour. And, I don't know. War Machine, was it 60 minutes or no, it was 45 minutes per. No, what was it? Yeah, no, no, no. It was 40, well, 45 minutes per player for like Masters event. I think it was an hour for normal events. And then it was like 30 minutes for hardcore. Yeah. And that's what I'm saying. Like you all of a sudden tell somebody like you have one hour and you can use your one hour however you want. I think that is going to limit a lot of players where they're like, man, I mean, I know this is powerful, but I can't play it that quick. Absolutely. Yeah. And Cadmus falls in that category for a lot of people. Mm-hmm. It's, yeah. All right, guys. Well, any parting thoughts, any parting blows, anything else that you guys want to uh, say about Cadmus or the game before we get on up out of you? If they're going to nerf Cadmus, nerf the low cost models, including the stupid totem. I think the totems especially. are a big problem. <laughs> Not just include, especially the totems. <laughs> like when, when I when I kept telling Chris the things that those totems did, he's like, "What the fuck?" He's like <laughs> that, that seems good. That was a that was a uh, that was a, a a staple in the game. That Why are they two inch melee? Why? And they didn't, <laughs> and they didn't die. They they just kind of cluttered up the flank that I had them on. I actually should have put them more towards the center, but mm. that was the first time I played them, so I, they're good. Like those totems are good. That seems yeah. good. 
Not three points. Those are not three point those, models. Those are not three point models. Those are six plus point models. Yeah. I would have pinned them for being totems. I would have pinned them at five. Should be six, but I would have pinned them at five because they were totems. I mean, know, insignificant. Having eight health, defense yeah. five, and hardwood wound. Like those three things, those three things are a little too much. If you literally yeah. remove harder wound, they're a lot more manageable. Because then yeah, you can pretty, focus and hit them for severe, focus, hit them for severe. Rem remove one of those three things and you've got it. Yeah. All right. Well, like I said, don't forget to check out our website, ragequitwire.com. Don't forget to check out our YouTube channel to see if you can win one of these free boxes and or this uh, Nephilim Beyond the Breach or sorry, not Beyond the Breach, Through the Breach from Nightmare's uh, book. Uh, just watch the video, leave a comment. The video will tell you what you need to leave to enter. And yeah, you, you might get some free stuff. I'm sending them out probably when I get back from my camping trip. Into I the breach? Can... No, it's it's Through the Breach. Through the Breach? Yep, mm -hmm. Through the Breach. Actually, I'm hoping that one of these times when I go camping up with the, the nerd herd, I'm hoping that we can go play this while we're camping because it looks like a fun RPG. I want to thank you guys for coming on. I think we got some, I think there was some good talk in there, especially with the clock. I, I'm actually hoping more people in the Malifaux community definitely talk about that because I think that's something that could really benefit the game competitively. I hope so. I really do. Yeah. All right. Well, with that being said, make sure that you guys flip cards, flip tables, and we will see y'all next time. Take care. Goodbye. Peace.